This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Well, Australia's much-loved Ginger Megs turns 100 this year. And to chat more, we are joined by Jason Chatfield. He's the current artist who draws the Ginger Megs comic. And uh, Jason, as we do say hello. Uh, Firstly, now we chat to you today in New York. You were born uh, over in Perth. But can we ask what took you over to America? I got off on the wrong bus stop. I, I guess. <laughs> it's a, um, it's a. I, I did, I did grow up in Perth, Graham. It's uh, still my, you know, my home. It's where my heart is. But um, I moved to New York with my wife about seven years ago. We didn't have any pets or kids or or debts or anything. So we thought, well, if we're going to live overseas, we should do it now. Um, and uh, there happen to be a lot more sort of opportunities over here for for cartoonists and illustrators. Unfortunately, I kind of hit a bit of a, a bit of a ceiling in Australia with the arts, as you as you're probably familiar. It's uh, tricky to make a living as an artist in Australia, but here it's uh, you can you can do okay. We want to get on to talking about Ginger Megs. With with being based in New York with Ginger, how do you make sure you mm. keep up to date with what's happening back here in Australia and? Our Aussie culture. How do you, I suppose, mm. for Ginger Megs, keep things current? A deep and abiding love and obsession with Australia. I think <laughs> if you ask anyone who talks to me, they'll they'll tell me that I'm like a broken record. All I ever talk about is Australia. Um, I I still keep. I watch Australian news. I talk to my family nearly every day, um, uh, both in Victoria and in WA. I also have a lot of friends on um, on social media still um, in Australia who. Uh, like we've we've managed to sort of um, circumnavigate all of the cultural norms and things without actually having to download TikTok. You know, <laughs> it's it's a, it's an interesting thing to track. And I thought, and I was worried about this when I moved to New York that um, you know Ginger might become a bit Americanized and. I might not be able to keep track of the zeitgeist in Australia. It's been quite the opposite, and I didn't know that was going to happen because when you're in another country and you're looking at Australia from outside, there's so many things you don't realise that we do that are unique to us. I always thought there were so many things that I thought, oh, everyone does that. Everyone says that. And then you move somewhere else and go, oh, is that just an Australian thing? Oh, that's interesting. And then you put that in the strip and make sure that that stays so that there's this sort of time capsule of Australian culture and things that are unique to us. So, yeah, it was quite it's quite the unexpected inverse of what I thought might happen. We're chatting today here on Hope 1832 with Jason Chatfield. He's the current artist who draws the Ginger Megs comic, and this year Ginger turns 100 years old. Now, Jason, uh, you're one of only five artists to draw the Ginger Megs comic, taking over from James Kemsley. Uh, can I ask how that all came about? Yeah, I mean, Kems was a uh, real mentor to me. I mean, to a lot of cartoonists. He's a very generous man, um, very talented. And he took Ginger from, you know, being like a, a sort of ailing Sunday strip in one paper to, or a few papers, into an internationally syndicated strip that ran in 120 papers in 30 countries, translated to different languages. Um, you know, it went went to colour in the daily under him. He, uh, he really... Uh, a lot of Ginger Megs' success um, really does belong, uh, the credit belongs to Kemp's because um, when I met him, he was drawing Ginger Megs and I was just a kid cartoonist in Perth and I joined the Australian Cartoonist Association, which is, as you can imagine, 
Um, <laughs> some pretty interesting characters in there. <laughs> and I joined when I think I was 17 or 18 and, and met Chems through that. And I was designing the club magazine and I got pretty heavily involved with the ACA because I was just obsessed with cartoons and cartoonists. And, um, Hey, he just started sort of teaching me the bits of business and, you know, things about being a cartoonist that you sort of only ever really learn by doing it for years. Um, and uh, unfortunately, three days before he died uh, of motor neurone disease, um, he asked me if I would take it over. So I, of course, we thought we had a lot more time with him at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty soon after that, that he passed away. So it was a very bittersweet way to inherit such a, a massive sort of um, honour, I guess, you know. And I think I read somewhere a quote from yourself saying, taking on Ginger Megs, it's not something you do for the next 20 years then retire. It's something you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, I truly believe that. You know, every cartoonist who's ever drawn Ginger Megs, Jimmy Banks, Ron Vivian, Lloyd Piper, James Kemsley, they've all done it till the day they died, knock on wood. Uh, but, but it is one of those things that uh, you don't hear about too many cartoonists retiring. Mm. Um, it's not really something we do, and it's not a financial thing. It's that we can't stop. It's a compulsion. So if someone's going to keep paying for us to draw comic strips, we're going to keep doing it until, our, you know, the inkwell dries up. <laughs> and you touched on obviously James Kemsley there, I, and I have shown you this um, during our chat. I think for me, the love of Ginger Meg started, you know, when I was sort of you know eight or nine years old, reading Ginger Meg's in my dad's weekend newspapers, and the Ginger Meg's yep. book, which I'm showing you a copy here, which I think James did put together that was released, I think he did in the mid '80s, and it was know, yep. bringing it forward. There's obviously this this new book that yourself and Tristan Banks, the great great nephew of Jim Banks, the original creator, you've come together mm. uh, with a with a bunch of new stories for Ginger Megs. Now, without giving too much away, Jason, what does he get <laughs> up to uh, in these stories for Ginger? It's pretty amazing because we were really, really lucky to get Tristan. He's already a very, very successful um, children's author in his own right. So for him to turn his eye to Ginger Megs and 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 write um, write stories for Ginge, you know, a character he's known since he was a kid because of, you know, he was he was exposed to Ginger his whole his whole life. Um, it's been so amazing to sort of watch. Um, we've worked together very closely. Uh, there are hundreds of illustrations in the book and uh, we work together to figure out, you know, sort of show, don't tell in certain parts. Um, there are stories about everything from his usual sort of running billy carts down Dead Man's <laughs> Hill to um, there's a story called Lamington Billionaire where uh, he starts his own little Lamington selling business going door to door and things start to get a little bit competitive in the neighbourhood. He's a bit, um, um, $4 a Lamington I think he's yeah. charging. Pretty good. Pretty good for a Lamington, I reckon. And a real, a real uh, you know, early stage sort of um, uh, one of these sort of billionaires in the making. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's several stories in there that are really fun and exciting. We've got a bunch of new characters that we've brought in um, to the sort of Ginger Megs universe in the past few years. Um, and it's been really fun to sort of explore those characters with Tristan and really flesh those out to, to bring them to life. Um, but the book is, it, it's funny you mentioned the book that Kemsley did in the 80s because that's the first book I ever read, Graham. That's the very first book I ever read. And it's because I was tasked with um, <laughs> reading a book for a book report when I was about eight or nine, about the same age as you were when you were reading, Ginger. And um, 
the teacher said you have to give an oral report to the class at the end of reading the book to tell them what it was about. So the book just sat on my bedroom floor for maybe two months until, you know, it came around that we had to deliver our oral report to the class and I hadn't read it. And I just looked at the cover of the book and made up a story about what it was about. And of course she hadn't read it. Um, so she went, Oh yeah. Okay. I, yeah. That sounds like that could have happened in that book. And then, um, sure enough, after that, I actually read it and fell in love with it. I, I couldn't put it down. Um, so I was a, I was a Megzi convert. <laughs> now, can I take you back, Jason? One question I forgot to ask you earlier with in terms of uh, your, your love of drawing. Where did that come from? Was that maybe through your parents or was that something developed in an, at, at an early age? Yeah, no one in my family is particularly artistic. It's um, I, I guess my sister liked to paint for a, for a bit there, but um, I think it came from, especially cartoons, it came from telling jokes. I always like to tell jokes. My, my grandfather had a big part in raising me and because um, I would stay with uh, my grandparents a, a fair bit. And so he had a, uh, a great backlog of jokes and songs. And so cartoons were such a big part of telling jokes, especially in the, the sort of 20th century in print. So I sort of um, started out by, you know, tracing over Mad Magazine and Spider-Man comics and whatever I could get my hands on, you know, and 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 sitting uh, in front of the TV watching Disney cartoons, Warner Brothers cartoons uh, with a clipboard full of paper and just drawing what was on the TV. Um, and I could sort of disappear into this world and, you know, figure out the, the characters and, and how they look from different angles and all that stuff. Um, and I, it was just I lost time doing it. It was one of those I was very lucky very lucky at an early age to figure out the one thing that I really wanted to do um, where I just got in the zone and, and, and loved it more than anything else. So yeah, it, it was something that came very naturally to me and, and it was something I definitely spent and still am spending a lifetime honing as a skill. You never quite master it, but um, yeah, I think cartoonists and jokes and cartoons are such a, a fun and interesting and unique, uh, medium and I just I'm obsessed with them. How long, say with uh, with the Ginger Megs uh, comic? Obviously, there's obviously back in the day there was the longer ones which were in the the weekend newspapers. Mm. But these days, there's just a small <laughs> comic strip of like maybe say three or four scenes. From yeah. go to woe, how long does that take you sort of to put it together to figure out the concept and and the words <laughs> and the drawing? Well, it's a it's an interesting one because. Um, uh, Megzi appears Monday to Saturday as a daily strip, which are the smaller ones that you see in the daily paper. And then on Sunday, he does appear in the Sunday paper as a three-deck comic, um, a big sort of half page. But they do, uh, unfortunately, the newspapers, you know, they have to fit in puzzles and ads and all sorts of stuff. So the comics seem to be shrinking um, more and more. So I have to get more and more creative with the limited amount of space I have. Um, so the, the comics themselves from Go to Woe, I write them in a batch of about 12. Uh, this is going to sound silly. I write them in the bath. Oh. Because, <laughs> because I take a writing, writing book in there. I write them in the bath because it's, there's no distractions. You can, just, you can just embed yourself in the world, in the universe of Ginger Man. You just write and write and write for a long time. And then um, I bring it sort of over and edit and I put the words in and then do the inking and the colouring on the computer on what, something called a Wacom tablet. And uh, I used to do it by hand, but um, these days digital technology um, 
helps with the production and syndication process to, you know, make sure that the words get translated into different languages and the right font and all that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think a block of 12 would take me about four, maybe four or five days in total. Mm-hmm. So I can get a couple of weeks worth done in a week. Because uh, with one of the uh, earlier Ginger Megs artists, was it, was it Jim Banks or maybe whoever followed him, when he did pass away, he'd written so mm. much. In fact, he had a, a year's <laughs> worth of Ginger Megs in the can already. Was that Jim? That was Yeah, that was Jim Banks. That was the original creator. He was a very, um, uh, I don't want to say prolific, but uh, pff, there's no other word for it. He, he just... He was a very creative guy and he, his output was uh, fantastic. Um, he liked to be organised and he liked to be on schedule and um, he worked ahead. So, you know, back then it was only one strip per week. He had to do, it was back then it was a full page in the paper and like a big broadsheet paper. Um, so it wasn't, uh, wasn't any small job, but he could do a, a couple in a week. So by the time he died in 1952, he still had a year's worth of strips to run um, and the paper sort of kept them ready to go. And then when Ron Vivian took over, they gave him a bit of a running start. So his first strips uh, appeared in Christmas in 1952 and then they do one on one off, sort of one Banks, one Vivian, one Banks, one Vivian, until they ran out of uh, Banks and Ron Vivian took it on for another 20 years. Now, I remember going back to those days of, of Jim Banks and Ginger Megs, Ginger having a love of cricket and even meeting, I think, in, in one particular cartoon, Sir Donald Bradman. Does that continue yes, through the modern day of, of Ginger Megs? Still has that love of cricket? <laughs> he sure does have that love of cricket. He's a, he insists he's going to be the opening batsman for the Australian cricket team. He's funny because um, cricket is one of these uh, sports that is only really understood in Commonwealth countries. Yeah. And Ginger Wings get syndicated in lots of other countries. And um, it's one of the biggest questions I always get from, from readers is, what is that <laughs> bat he's holding? What is, what is this? And I refuse to get rid of cricket in Ginger Megs. It's, you know, it's it's quintessentially ginger, but um, yeah, he's still obsessed with sports, still obsessed with cricket. Um, there's a bit of footy and a bit of rugby in there, a bit of AFL, a bit of rugby uh, league, and um, you know, it's 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 uh, like I mentioned earlier, trying to capture the zeitgeist of each decade in in Australia. It's even even trying to capture it state to state is tricky because <laughs> in Victoria, New South Wales, yeah, yeah. it depends. Which footy teams are you going to go for? Yeah, exactly. There's always there's a lot of contention about that within the AFL and the NRL. Um, yeah, but he met um, uh, when the Hugh, uh, well, I guess it was Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman did the film with Baz Luhrmann called Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ginger went to the premiere of that and he met Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and Hugh has that strip uh, in his apartment framed over here in New York. So <laughs> he has the original. But, um, yeah, Ginger still meets modern um, uh, sort of, you know, Aussie Aussie giants. But um, I try not to do that too often because you never know if something's going to date poorly. Um, I, I only just gave him a, a smartphone two years ago. Because uh, I was so conscious of just not trying to, you know, fast forward things too quickly. But you know, every kid's had a smartphone for 
15 years. So I thought, all right, he, I guess he has one now. <laughs> I think I think one of the drawings in the new book I see uh, yeah. looking through last <laughs> night, he's there on, on his smartphone making a phone call to his friends. Yeah. And you know what? Show me a kid and I'll show you a smartphone. Yeah. I mean, it's it's try and, try and find a, a kid who doesn't know how to use an iPhone these days. It's crazy. So I held off as long as I possibly could giving Ginger a phone. In fact, you know, because he's a bit he's a bit poor, all his mates got one before he did. But now he does have one. So, you know, he's a modern kid. Now, Jason, um, Ginger Megs is online with his website, I believe, uh, on Facebook as well. And uh, did I see this right? Um, what is it? Uh, Gingergram on Instagram. Is that right? Instamegs. In- Instamegs. So I got, I got it the other <laughs> way around. Yeah, that predates the ubiquity of Instagram. What we um, He's on Facebook. He has a very popular Facebook page. He's on Twitter. He's on Instagram, Tumblr. He has his own blog and website. Um, it, it's, it's really just trying to meet the readers where they're going because they've moved from print around sort of, especially since around 08 or 09 when I took over the strip. Um, on online and and a lot of people just read it online and there's people who only read it on instagram and think that it's the web comic uh they have no idea it's a hundred year old newspaper comic strip but um yeah it's a it's an interesting one with feedback you know social media being what it is is it's you get some really wonderful uh connections from people all around the world and then uh, you have to filter out <laughs> a lot of sort of you know just strange spammy you know, uh, trolls. And uh, is there anything planned for, for Ginger's 100th birthday? Is there some cele- celebrations? Obviously, the book is being launched, but will there be anything mm. else happening throughout the year for him? There will be. Um, we can't say too much at this point, but I can tease mm-hmm. that you might want to keep an eye on your letterbox mm-hmm. or your wallet. All right, wallet's probably not a good one. Uh, <laughs> the Royal Australian Mint might be doing something very special. Um, so, yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to keep that one um uh under wraps until until we officially sort of launch it but um if you keep an eye on the strip and keep an eye on gingermegs.com you'll sort of see all the announcements because we have several very very big celebrations for his 100th birthday he only hit the ton once so we've got to make the most of it (laughs) and the new ginger megs book is out now yourself jason along with tristan banks jason chatfield the uh the current illustrator of ginger megs thanks so much for your time today from new york thank you again you too. Cheers, Graham. Have a good night. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.